Hey, and welcome to the Stanton Law Podcast. This is your host, Josh Joel, counsel at Stanton Law. We're here today to address relevant and timely issues that are top of the mind of employers as our world continues changing. So let's dive straight in. On today's episode, we're bringing back Christine Green, my colleague here at Stanton Law, to talk about a really interesting topic, which is how to deal with crazy employees at work. Christine, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Josh. Happy to be here. So I invited you on today to talk about a topic that's near and dear to uh, both of our hearts because we've both dealt with it many times with our clients, and that is how to deal with employees who are nuts or crazy in the office. Um, Many employers call us when they have an employee who's doing all sorts of wacky things around the office, uh, drama, causing drama in the office, talking loudly to their friends about things that are going on, or they're just being toxic, aggressive, or disruptive to the other employees. So the question is, what do you do with this employee? How do you handle them? And, uh, and what's the best practices for employers with respect to dealing with crazy employees in the office? Yeah, thanks, Josh. This is an important topic. And um, it's one that can get a lot of employers in hot water when they have employees doing strange things. And you've walked right into the first important point I have of the day is to remember that crazy is a loaded word. Um, you know, it's tempting to refer to a problematic employee as crazy or nutso or a wackadoodle, especially in passing to your coworker or trusted coworker, but you have to consider the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. That's the federal law that prohibits discrimination against employees with disabilities or perceived disabilities. And this applies to employers with 15 or more employees, so a lot of businesses. So the ADA requires an employer to provide a reasonable accommodation to an employee who has a qualifying disability, unless that would impose an undue hardship. So with that said, a mental health condition is almost always going to qualify as a disability. And so if you have an employee who's acting, quote, crazy, he or she or they could have a disability. And likewise, treating someone as if they have a mental disability or mental health condition, whether they do or don't, is also prohibited discrimination. So you might have you know, this employee doing nutty things, trashing the bathroom, talking and creating drama, acting unprofessionally, disrupting the environment, you know, all kinds of things. It, we've heard all kinds of crazy stories as employment lawyers, but the worst is when you hear a boss or a supervisor refer to that employee as mental or unstable or nuts. And I've even heard about it being put in the termination form, acting unstable, mentally unstable. Well, that's a horrible idea. It happens though, it's a common mistake. Um, But it's, it's a bad idea because then you've documented that you've terminated or disciplined someone for behavior that could be related to a disability. So, and and as a side note, these suggestions are the same for your independent contractors as well, because a lot of times there are classification problems and you could end up with a worker who's actually an employee and then then they have a viable ADA claim, or you may have to just fight about it, um, which costs you money. So an employee or not, I've seen this mistake happen. And when a worker is acting inappropriately or unprofessionally, especially when it's not due to a mental health condition, it can create exposure under the ADA, and it can result in a payout of tens of thousands, as well as your attorney's fees. So that's my first important point, is that crazy is a loaded word. So Christine, if, if we can't use the word crazy, we can't use the word 
wacky, nuts. What should uh, what what should an employer do? They've got to talk to each other about this employee, and they got to figure out how to handle the employee. So first of all, what words should they use to describe? Uh, that employee and what they're doing and what should they do with that employee and how, what steps should they follow? Yeah, sure. It's a great question. And I mean, my suggestion is to describe the employee's conduct, such as they've engaged in inappropriate, unprofessional conduct. They've gossiped, they're yelling, they're slamming things in the office, they're threatening someone, they're stealing, they're trashing the bathroom, you know, whatever. Um, and you want to put that in writing. And so just don't use words like crazy, um, describe their conduct or use words that, you know, they're not a good personality fit for the office. Just be mindful of using those kind you know, crazy terms instead of describing conduct for counseling. Um, you know, on the other hand, if the conduct suggests a probable mental health condition, um, you may have a duty as an employee, or an employer, excuse me, to ask whether they need a reasonable accommodation. And this is not a, a super common thing, but if you have an employee who's crying a lot, they have severe ups and downs, maybe they had something extremely out of character that looks like a mental break, um, maybe they're having focusing issues, um, you know, frequent restroom visits, if they tell you they're on medication, these could absolutely indicate a disability and it may put the ball in your court as an employer to say something about that before you counsel or maybe when you're counseling them. Um, you know, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this because it could turn into ADA accommodation training, which can be sticky um, and lengthy. But, you know, all these situations are unique. And if you have an employee who's, who's suggesting a disability, then you may need to be direct and ask whether they have whether an accommodation is necessary. And if the worker says no, issue the counseling and just be sure to indicate on that counseling form that you asked whether the ADA might apply and the worker declined such and get that worker to sign the form. And, and I wouldn't worry about feeding someone an excuse because under the ADA, you don't have to provide an accommodation without paperwork from a physician. So, you know, if, if someone tries to use that as an excuse, it's going to eventually um, be revealed if they can't produce the paperwork. So again, these are sticky situations. I recommend calling your employment attorney or minimally HR to help with these situations before you just jump into disciplining and term or termination. So it seems, Christine, that it's an awkward position to be in as an employer where you see someone on your staff who is behaving erratically or doing something crazy or is angry, and mm -hmm. as is common with many mental health issues, it's sometimes very hard to know when is an issue just the employee's angry uh, mm -hmm. or erratic, and when is an, an actual mental health issue. So it sounds like from what you're saying that it's really on the employee to identify that to you. You might have to initiate the conversation if you see that the employee is doing things which might indicate a mental health condition beyond just being a disruptive personality, but then you're throwing the ball back in that employee's court to be able to be the one to to identify what it is that they actually need, and that would seem like a way to resolve some of the awkwardness around the conversations. Is that is that my understanding? Is that correct? Yes, and, and an important point to clarify is typically the employee has the duty to request the accommodation and to bring it up, but that's not the case if the employer 
should have known that they had a disability. I mean, there are disabilities that are obvious, you know, mobility impairments, but with mental health conditions, those are the trickier ones. And, and there are instances where an employer has a duty to ask whether they need an accommodation before they take uh, adverse action against that employee. So it's, it's often safer to do that when you have a, a situation involving a potential mental health issue. Um, but you're right, it could just be that the employee, employee is angry or agitated or is not getting along with a, a particular coworker, coworkers, and, and that's, you know, that's an, another important conversation to have as a manager. Right, and it's certainly our hope that that as there's rising awareness in the world generally to mental health conditions and that they are uh, disabilities and not just uh, just like breaking a leg, a person who has a mental health condition has a, has a real medical issue. Uh, it's our hope that employers are going to be more sensitive to these issues as they go forward. Uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking about what to do on the back end once that employee is kind of making the disruptions and, and, uh, and making issues in the workplace. But are there any proactive measures that you would recommend to employers to make sure that they don't end up there with an employee who is causing problems in the workplace? What should they do from the front end? Right. That's a, a great question, too. And, you know, the first thing that you can try to do is avoid the bad hire. And I'm not saying to avoid hiring somebody dis with a disability. That's not at all what I'm saying. But there are certain people who are not going to be a good fit with your workplace um, from a personality standpoint. And and they become a five percenter, which is, you know, five percenter creates 95 percent of your problems. They just, you know, they don't get along with people or they um, they bring their emotions and they just cause a lot of issues. So investing in your hiring practices up front with proper interviews by multiple trusted interviewers is a great idea. And perhaps you need to use a recruiting firm that vets their candidates with background checks. And, you know, of course, this depends on the position, the industry, the business. But those are some things you can do. And don't ignore red flags. If one of your interviewers says that the candidate referred to his or her lawyer multiple times in the interview, this can be a sign of a litigious person who could cause you a lot of problems, who's looking for using litigation um, to fight with their employer. Um, likewise, if an interviewer tells you that they picked up a bad vibe or they describe the person as possibly abrasive or they seem a little entitled, could be a jerk, you know, things like that. I've seen employers ignore interviewer feedback on that and it's, got, it's, it's ended up being a huge problem because typically those subtle qualities in the interview are only going to escalate once someone has that job. It would seem that it's appropriate to mention here that we're talking about avoiding the litigious or the, or the jerk. But mm -hmm. certainly if you find out during the interview process that someone indeed has a mental health condition which could result in some sort of disruptive behavior in the workplace, then your, your responsibilities under the ADA already, for, to accommodate their disability might already mm -hmm. kick in even within the interview process. So we're talking Absolutely. about keeping away from those who are problematic employees to begin with, but certainly if you, get, if you are aware uh, during the interview process that someone has uh, an actual mental health condition, then you need to be aware that those that the ADA might be triggered already. Yeah, so, and, and yeah, you can't avoid that hire for that reason. Um, so that is an important point. Yeah, and, and uh, what about any other recommendations you have for employers before Absolutely. we uh, close this out? Yeah, so lastly, just check your contracts. 
um, employee contracts, and independent contractor contracts. So in Georgia, you can fire someone at will for being left-handed or for any reason, as long as it's not prohibited discrimination or retaliation. But if you have, especially a contracted worker, like a high-paying role, such as a physician um, or other professional, check the contract because termination rights, especially early termination rights, are important. You know, what does it say if you want to terminate early? And what does it say about payouts? Is that clear? Does your contract define critical terms like for cause? Because if it's unclear, you could have an employee who's you know, hugely problematic, who's angry, who yells at people, who slams things, acts unprofessionally, and to terminate, you still may have to pay them for a certain amount of time just to get rid of them. So I would recommend having an attorney draft contracts or review your existing contracts just to avoid any obstacles of getting rid of that problematic employee um, and document everything. And that is, you know, I hope we've woven through this, this whole podcast is to document anything um, except don't refer to them in, as being crazy in writing, of course. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as you know, we've had situations where the word crazy was documented in, in writing and mm-hmm. the EEOC came back and said, we don't have a choice but to uh, find cause against your employer for discriminating on the basis of a disability because they said straight out that the reason why they did what they did was because the person was crazy. Of course, the employer didn't intend that. They just intended to say the word disruptive or, like you said earlier, uh, you know, reference the actions that, they sh- that were going on in the workplace. But because they used that word crazy, uh, the EEOC jumped in. So, you know, obviously, you know, I appreciate you coming on today and, and sharing your insight in this. This is something that a lot of people don't know about. So thanks for coming on today. Sure thing. Happy to be here. And, and again, to our listeners, if anybody has a, a problem employee or you want to avoid hiring a prob- problem employee, obviously consult your employment lawyer. Uh, that's a, a, a shameless plug for us. And we can help you discuss specific steps for your business on how to review your contracts, how to deal with your employees, how to, how to make it so that uh, you avoid the risks of uh, potential litigation. You've been listening to the Stanton Law Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get notifications of new episodes. And follow me on LinkedIn, where I post short legal updates on a regular basis. If there are topics that you want us to discuss, please feel free to email me directly at josh.joel at stantonlawllc.com. Please bear in mind that the information we discussed today is informational only and does not constitute legal advice. If you have any legal questions or are looking for more information about any of the topics we've discussed or anything that has to do with your business, the attorneys at Stanton Law can help. Check us out at stantonlawllc.com.